Okay, shall we talk about tech? Or something related, remotely related to technology. Uh, okay. Sure, sure. Did you want to? <laughs> sorry. Did you want to get started on the interesting, uh, shall we say, speculation that was going around the Twitter sphere this week about the quality of iOS thirteen and whether it's in a state that is shippable? Before talking about wow. negative We're not going to follow our show notes. These show notes have been written three weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. You guys, you guys are always saying we're going to talk about them. I'm starting, starting to... So I, I, I first have a question before we go into any of any more relevant news stuff. Sure, sure. Um, we talked a lot about negative stuff about iOS 13, so I was just wondering what are actually your favorite features of iOS 13 so far, considering that you lived with it for a while. And completely gl- gl- glancing, <laughs> glossing over the fact that you're currently trying to restore your phone. Uh, that is unrelated. I think at least it's unrelated to the quality of the beta software. Um, so positives. There's some nice things. The swipe keyboard is actually fantastic. Really? I oh, use really? that really? constantly. I'm back to using what? my phone one-handed a little bit more now. Um, I, See, I, that's how they solve it. Yeah, you don't need the, well, the phone. other the other thing that I've done recently is I've taken the case off, which is super risky since I've gone three years without a scratch or a dent or anything on this phone. But I'm so sick of the size that I took the case off, and I'm enjoying the slightly yeah. smaller phone now. Um, I'm also you, had, you, you know you have no scratch for three years. You can you can yeah, but it's always had a case, now. and that's how I've avoided the scratches and mm. the dents and the those kind of things. Like today, it was in my bag with keys a wallet that has a little uh, well, you uh, don't have to you don't have to put yourself through pain intentionally but this is, but this is how you? i would treat the phone when it has a case on it so i want to kind of live that life normally and just see how it holds up um so right. anyway stop questions ask life decisions well so it's, what? it's a weird life decision <laughs> go on um right so what do you like so I like, what, what 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 are your well, favorite swipe, swipe is features? probably oh, close okay. to number one. I think I think number one has to be dark mode. Things oh, like are you yeah. using it all the time. Well, I mean, I have it scheduled, so it comes on. Oh, it, it's interesting because the scheduled dark mode on macOS, which is now a thing in um, Catalina, and the scheduled dark mode in iOS don't come on at the same time. So I don't know what the logic is. Oh, to, they what should is it be based both on? be based on location and sunset, but they're not. It's not like the flux auto switch which happens right on sunset. It's some arbitrary number of minutes after sunset. Maybe there's a setting for this that I've missed, but I don't think so. Um, so yeah, for some reason the the timing of the adjustment is different on macOS and iOS. I can't work it out. It's not a big deal. It's probably probably within half an hour of each other in the evenings. Uh, but yeah, dark mode is awesome because a lot of the things that I tend to use my phone for, like towards the end of the evening, are things like messages and music, which have mm-hmm. always predominant or had predominantly white interfaces, uh, which has always meant you know brightness all the way down and sort of try and not use them too much. Uh, but it's just quite mm-hmm. nice to be able to have that darker, darker background, particularly in music. Um, for some reason. That's one that's always just really annoyed me. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's quite nice. Um, what else is new in iOS 13? I, I don't even do you know. Lo- do you use like the new Photos app or all the new Maps features? Uh, Maps is kind of cool. We've spoken about it before. But in Tokyo, the Maps was good, though it didn't have real-time data. Mm-hmm. I, I have tried out the real-time data in Sydney. Actually, just this. I don't often catch uh, buses and... Or, or go on any routes really that I'm not familiar with. But this week I actually did go on a new route. So I used the Maps app to work out which bus I should get and had real-time data, which was kind of cool. And I could see as we were progressing through the trip uh, when I was expected to get to the stop. Um, and the reason it was better than, say, an app, like a public transport app like Next there or TripView was because I didn't actually know the correct bus route to take or I knew one of them, but I didn't know if there were others. So it just helps to put it into the maps app and have it do its calculation with all the real time data and know when the next bus is. So that worked out quite well. Um, I was, I was pleased with that again, like dark mode in maps is also quite nice. I've seen some uh, people saying it's not great, but I actually think it wasn't that a finger ready. Like if you were driving in the evening, wasn't oh, map automatically? If you dark. had a route going, yeah. So if you were like walking or driving, yeah. I think. But if you just like looking at the map, 
um, was, okay. was sort of in light mode. And it's actually funny because okay. now when I go into an app like TripView or Next there, which have maps for public transport, but obviously haven't been updated for iOS 13, the light mode of the map I find quite jarring. Um, mm. Yeah, I was going to ask, how does that, uh, like moving over to dark mode, I feel like that would be quite hard because very few of the apps would actually be dark. Yes and no. So some weird? app, like the other apps that I use frequently, say something like Tweetbot, which I use more than I should, and Overcast, which <laughs> has had a dark mode. They've both had dark modes for quite a while, so it's easy enough at night yeah, to switch yeah. into the dark modes. I must say, it now feels a little bit tedious to have to do it manually after having some of the apps oh, do it okay. automatically. And even being on a few betas for iOS 13, having dark mode in third-party apps switch automatically is quite nice. Um so I will look forward to apps like Overcast and Tweetbot updating for that. Mm. Uh, but I am mm-hmm. in and out of a lot of Apple apps. So if things like reminders, notes, again, they're the kind of... So I actually have reminders and notes in my dock. I'm one of those weird people and calendar uh, because they're the kind of things I want quick access to because uh, that's what having a phone as an organizer is great for. And mm-hmm. having those in dark mode is awesome because, I mean, I, I, you know, like anyone, sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you have a thought and you want to jot it down. And I'm used to going to the notes app, but having that in dark mode is awesome. And I know some people like dark how mode. How do new reminders do do you like? Oh, oh, this is a <laughs> this is a an interesting question. Um, okay. feature, I, I didn't expect that no. to be feature wise. It's pretty good. I like the new layout of things. I like mm-hmm. the new snooze. Abilities. I think when you say 3D touch on a on a reminder, you get way more options about when you want it to remind you again. Um, there's a few more metadata fields for notes. Oh, sorry, for reminders, they're quite cool. Uh, overall, I, I am a fan of the the new interface. So that's all. They're all positives. But we're also six beaters in, and it doesn't work well. Um, mm-hmm. It's reliability is fine. Like I haven't had data loss or anything like that. Fortunately, uh, I knew that was a possibility going into the betas. The big issue, and this is the same across watchOS, iOS, and macOS. Something strange is going on. The app is extremely unresponsive. The way that it feels when I use it is as though everything, every interaction, user interaction is happening on a background thread. It's like when you when you forget to update your UI on the main thread as an iOS developer and you're like, why doesn't this button work? And you mash it 10 times and then Xcode throws up the main thread checker warning. Um, but it's like the whole Reminders app is running on a background thread. It's odd. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And, and I mean, six beat is in. It feels like a, an oversight because... But no, sorry, it, it feels like more than an oversight because it's been like this since the first beta. This isn't a regression. It's just. Did you try it in okay. airplane mode? Uh, I haven't. I wonder if it's like trying to sync stuff and waits for that sync to complete before responding. Maybe it's still a poor user decision. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just wondered that does that could either be something that's going to be fixed, or I mean, also I don't really know how. Do beta services, Apple's beta services, do they roll the service out worldwide? I don't know, but I still think or, if you're if you you're make, like everything is, you shouldn't be making a network request every no, time. Sure, sure. I mean, no, that's no. for sure. I'm, Are they I'm using? Is this written? unrelated uh, question? Yes. Was, yes. Do we know if Reminders was written um, for Catalyst or using SwiftUI or something like that? Um, I don't know if it's using any of the shiny new features. Uh, it just okay. feels it feels quite strange. So. Like overall, I like the changes in the Reminders app. They're just not working very well. And it's interesting that it's across mm-hmm. watchOS, iOS, and macOS as well. It's not just like there's one of them that's that's having the problem. The other thing, and it's probably more a Siri problem than the, a Reminders problem, but I reckon more than 50% of the time on first try... So I use Siri to set a lot of reminders, and probably more than 50% mm-hmm. of the time that initial request will fail now honestly i have no clue if this is siri or a reminders problem it has no problem understanding what i say but then when it you know does it's like waiting processing whatever it is it'll come back with an error and then often i just say the exact same thing back at it and it's perfectly okay and fast um i don't use siri for a whole lot more than reminders so i don't know 
I don't know if it's a Siri problem or a reminders problem, but yeah, it's just, it, it just feels like, like things are good and the new features are make for huge quality of life improvements, but there's a few things that sort of just don't feel like they're ready. And that's okay. surprising being at beta six. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. Mm-hmm. It is starting to feel quite polished in that a lot of the things like slowness or crashing or hangs, and I know this is uh, contrary to what I was saying about reminders, a lot of those kind of issues are fixed. And so, it does feel like the polish is almost there across a lot of the system, but then there's just a few things that stand out as being horribly broken. And one of those things is the mail app as well. And I've seen other people complain about that this week. And I don't use the mail app on iOS a huge amount. I'm definitely much more a mail on macOS person, which is also one of the reasons why I'm horribly slow at replying to emails because I kind of see them on my phone, but don't think to action them. Um, but mm-hmm. that is problematic. It's often that I'll, th- the biggest problem that I've had, and this is because I don't use it that much. I don't use it to send emails that much is that I'll open the mail app and there's often a blank templated email ready to send with some phantom attachment. Um, which is is weird. Okay. Uh, I don't know what the Wait, attachment is. Just when you open it? Yeah, so just like going into the mail app to have a hmm. glance at messages and the thing on the screen will be like the modal sheet with a, an empty email with some random attachment that I don't know what it is. I've never paid too much attention. I just close out of it. And so I don't know if it's like a weird hmm. draft that like a weird draft email that's been saved and is, is popping up accidentally. Okay. Mm, so. All right. Um, but mm. like overall, it's a pretty good software update. It's just a nice bunch of quality of life improvements to the to the mm. phone. Mm. Okay, okay. Well, we're still we're still a little bit away from September. Yeah, we are. Yeah, sure. Like a month away. We're fine. Yeah, there are plenty of times. Mm. Time. iPad. Mm. iPad's okay too. There's a few little issues with. Um, apps crashing but i'm not sure if that's (laughs) related and it seems to always be the same kind of app so it's often surprisingly tweetbots crash a little bit but often notability is crashing for me and i'm not sure if it's a notability problem or a um an ipad os problem but it's pretty consistent Mm -hmm. that in class if i if i open a third app so often in class i have uh like the files app open with a pdf in the small split screen view on the left, then the right mm-hmm. three quarters of the screen, I'll have notability to jot down notes. And then I might use another app in the slide over. It could, could be any app really. Um, and so you can have three apps at a time, but often when I open that third window, notability crashes and then all three apps disappear from your screen. So I'm getting that a mm-hmm. bit, which is slightly annoying. Um, mm. But yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's the thing, right? With iOS 13, because there's so many things shipping that have been worked on for years. It's yep. quite hard to get all of this stuff together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not, Especially I'm not as saying that it's a major problem, but it just is a little bit surprising at this stage of the beta cycle to be where we mm. are. Mm. All right. Mm. Okay. I also think, I mean, that probably means 14 will be a relatively small year again. Um, because Almost certainly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, not not just as a course like, correction, like but a also, I mean, so many resources. Usually by this time of year, a lot of people at Apple would already work on next year's features. But considering the state everything is in at the moment means they are most likely focusing on getting this year's release ready rather than mm-hmm. uh, separating and working on, on future releases already. Which and it means probably me I to think see that months of bug fixes. Like, probably yeah. from September through to Christmas, really, they'll be pumping out those yeah. fixes, I imagine. Yeah, because I think that a similar thing happened in iOS 12, because all of the iPhone X stuff took a lot longer than expected. And 12 was then the performance release. Was it 12? Yeah, yeah. 12 was like the last year's release was kind of like the, hey, yeah. not too many new oh, yeah, features, yeah, 12, but we're improving things. And I think yeah, you're right yeah. about like the hang up from the year before where they had to do all the new things for the um, the new phone. Yeah. So, yeah, that means 14 will probably be similarly uh, because now it's a perfect time to speculate about iOS 14 rumors. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, just based on that, it's, it's very likely that we'll see 
one of those kind of more iterative ones again, which is probably also a lot better for quality of life for a lot of the Apple people that currently work very long hours to, to get this to a shippable state. Yeah. And I know like last year, one of the things with iOS 12 was that they want to bring confidence back into having people update their OSs. And I know that there was a small, mm-hmm. but I guess significant percentage of, of the public who were you know, had this belief, especially because all of the stuff came out about the battery and slow, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. slowing down your phone. So, I think they were trying to overcome a little bit of that perception last year with such a a solid release. And it almost worries me this year that- I don't think that was planned. I think that was coincidental. I don't think that was a strategic move. Fair enough. But regardless, it was probably for the best. And and I'm probably- going to hesitate that's what trust is for you build it up and then you burn it (laughs) i'm probably going to hesitate to recommend (laughs) that people update to because because you know from from my perspective as like the tech person in the family or whatever i don't want to be like hey install this update it's so good install it update blah blah blah, and then everyone has problems with their phone and then they're like i don't want to install the next update and that's a problem it's it's a big problem Mm. so i don't know we'll see we'll see we still have some couple months to see what a status like. Yeah. Because I if guess. it's only, if it's individual apps, like, I don't know, if it would be health app crashing more or if it's, yeah, I don't or know. Or losing a lot of data or, or, or any, <laughs> any data. It doesn't I mean, that's the difference, right? If the health app would be less reliable, then I think that would not affect most of the people that would ask me whether they should update. Um, but if the entire yeah. operating system would lose data and be sluggish and those kind of things, or photos or camera not working properly, also I when think the that's mail what... app doesn't work, I, I don't know anyone who doesn't use mail on their phone. Yeah, but that doesn't. I mean, I mean just based on what mail does, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like something that can't be fixed in a month what or mean, two. Based on what mail does, I mean, mail. Most of the issues are related to uh, some kind of ghost data appearing yeah. and like weird table view issues, right? Yeah, And I think those are, I mean, without any information about any of this, seems more like uh, related to, to table view changes and the data source changes mm-hmm. that there are bugs around that, okay. which needs to be fixed anyways. I don't yeah. think it's yeah. like mail inherently that, I mean, not, not saying mail apps are easy, but it's definitely not an unsolvable technical challenge to to have a table view that should yeah, mail like it, it might not necessarily be a deep underlying os issue yeah it might, might also just a... not get the, the same amount of resources right now because like a lot of the issues might be related to ui kit frameworks yep. that are currently still being uh worked on quite heavily and the assumption is all of those will be fixed by then anyways so i wouldn't i wouldn't be too worried about any one incident i mean it's 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 a bit potentially worrying that overall they're like almost everything has some small uh uh signs of not being done or being far away from done but any one particular i wouldn't be too worried about yeah but we'll see fair enough we will see we'll see thank you mouse thank you yeah um so i mean overall it's nice that you you still have a positive experience would you say that you regret updating to or installing nah. a beta on your main device no i almost had to do Sis. it because reasons like you know kind of need to do dev work for it uh updating mm-hmm. apps for it and i don't have i don't have a test device that can run or i have an ipad that i can put the beta on but i don't have a test uh mobile sized device mm-hmm. but then also there's i re- i do believe that it's difficult to get a proper feel for system changes on a device you aren't using all day every day Uh, yeah yeah i agree Uh, and sort of you pick up on subtle little things that say for example apple are doing in their apps that you then think about transferring to your apps that you just wouldn't get because say on a test device you're not scrolling through the settings three times a day to find a setting that you want or, or something like that so i think there is there is benefit in running it on your own device having not lost any data i'm thinking this is okay um Yeah, it's, it's kind of <laughs> what a beta is. that's the only criteria? Well, yes, okay. it is a criteria. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's so, what you expect. Yeah. So, you said that there was certain dev work, dev work that you were going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this at all related to your upcoming talk at 
uh, Dev World. It sure is. Uh, I think this mm. has been on the show notes for a few weeks, but now we're going to talk about it. So, yay. Dev World is coming yeah. up. We made it before Dev World started. So, that, <laughs> I think a, that was the goal a here, start, right? Yeah. It's huge, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Dev World is coming up. It's uh, I mentioned it sort of towards the end of the show a few weeks ago, but I'll just quickly rehash. It's iOS macOS developer conference in Melbourne. It's happening beginning of next month. So, I think the 2nd to the 4th of September. Um, I've been the last two years. I think this will be my third year in a row. I know, Marlon and Kai, you've both been before. Um, I think you mm. enjoyed it from what I've heard. It's a pretty good conference. Um, so, yes. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I'm also yeah, preparing a talk for... Uh, for DevWorld and looking forward to sort of that. But yeah, the talk is, the talk has been something that's taking up quite a bit of time at the moment um, in, a, in a good way, uh, just because it's mm-hmm. on updating your app for iOS 13. So what that means is that I've had to, well, I had to spend a few weeks uh, updating a side project. So Petty, uh, one of my side projects to, to take advantage of a lot of the new features uh, that are in iOS 13 and watchOS 6 and, now iPad OS and Mac OS because it has an app Woo-hoo. for all the platforms. Um, so I've spent a few weeks learning about it. Um, so you've been, so how did you, what approach did you, so, so. <laughs> how are you doing, Marlene? So the, <laughs> I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, so the reason why you want to do this is because your talk is going to basically cover everything that is new for iOS 13 and well, Catalyst. yeah, to an extent. I can't yeah. cover everything because it's only like twenty five minutes. Um, but I'm hoping to I'm hoping to cover a lot of what's new. Um, so the thing with Petty is that being a side project, I can kind of throw in features that interest me that don't make it doesn't have to make money basically. So I can <laughs> I can throw More in sense. features that um, <laughs> I can throw in features that. I want, and I might be the only person that wants them or that don't even make sense in the app, but hey, they exist because I think they're cool and I want to work on it. So um, mm-hmm. that's a nice thing about the side project, but it also means that over the years, it's ended up with a lot of the like extension points that an app can have, like the Today widgets, the the Apple Watch app, uh, Siri shortcuts, all those kind of things. And that also means that when there are changes to system features such as all of those things um there's also work to do for the app and just basically can't do it all and then talk about it in a conference talk at the same time um so i had to sort of pick and choose but i am i am going to i've done stuff for the apple watch so it's actually interesting because a lot of the watch stuff so the two biggest things i think for watch os this year uh the first was independent watch apps and so now the watch app on Mm -hmm. petty is independent and it has been as independent as it can be i think since it was allowed to so i think watch os 3 maybe when you could in theory build a watch app without watch with without watch connectivity um it would still behind the scenes run a lot of the things through the phone but in theory it was setting your app up for the eventual um cellular apple watch or even running things over wi-fi so it's had while it's had no like strict dependency on the phone for a few years. There's still like a small change you've got to make in Xcode to just say, "Hey, this is actually um, this is actually a feature I want. I want it to be an independent watch app." Um, so that's relatively small. Um, I also spent a weekend rebuilding the watch app in Swift UI, which was stupid <laughs> from the point of view of preparing for the talk. Because I don't want to talk about Swift UI in, in the talk. The thing is, there's so much that's new with iOS 13, and there's so much else to talk about, including bringing it to the Mac, that I didn't think it made a lot of sense to also focus on Swift UI, especially because Swift UI is the big feature from WWDC this year. It's already getting a lot of tension, attention in blogs and podcasts and elsewhere. Well, also, tension. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. It's, um, yes. It's getting tension and tension. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, I didn't really want to talk about. I don't really want to talk about that in the talk. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I think SwiftUI is interesting, and maybe it's it's probably a good candidate to talk about here more so than the talk. Um, so I didn't. I mean, it was kind of cool to have rebuilt the the watch app in SwiftUI. I am mm-hmm. glad that I did. 
Um, but I still feel like Swift UI is not finished. And I think we'd spoken about, like on the podcast, if we were uh, building an app from scratch, and I think we spoke about this just after mm-hmm. WWC, mm-hmm. if we're building an app from scratch, would we build it with Swift UI? And I think, I mean, I think at least I said, yeah, I, I would jump into this. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of now at a point where I don't think I would. Um, okay. It's frustrating <laughs> really? to work with. Uh, okay. It's definitely Which, a learning experience. What exactly is frustrating to work with? The, like, the state that it's in or that it's consist- like constantly changing or is it just limited? Tooling? Tooling? Yeah, the tooling's a big one. So, autocomplete mm-hmm. isn't great. The constant changes, and I know this was like Swift at the beginning, but the constant changes to like every beta, um, you get stuff that's mm-hmm. deprecated. Uh, I still have a bindable object somewhere in there, which is no longer a Swift UI feature, but hey, I get mm-hmm. deprecation warnings every time I build the app now. Um, so, those kind of <laughs> things. Um, a general... Also, uh, all the dub-dub talks now have uh, are deprecated, but yeah, that's fine. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but the biggest problem at least that I found was uh, like all the data flows and mm-hmm. it's so confusing. Okay. And uh, it's another reason I don't want to talk data about in the talk is because okay. I, I don't know if I've done any th- these things right. So I've obviously, I need to have a network layer in there because Petty fetches data from a network and I need to somehow mm-hmm. update my UI when new data comes back. And I've managed to do this. It works. It handles errors. Mm-hmm think things are good, mm-hmm. but I have no clue if it's an efficient way of doing things. I have no clue if there's it's as efficient as it could be or if it's a million times less efficient than it could. Like, I just don't know where my code sits and how it should work. And I don't understand enough about Swift UI to confidently say what I've done is good or what I've done is bad. Um, it's probably what very bad. What do you bad. think is the reason for you... Not being able to do that confidently. Do you think it's because there is no like right and wrong way of doing things at the moment? Maybe there's no, but there's also no decent examples that work well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's both yeah. from Apple and also third parties. And I know, like, I mean, it's probably an opportunity for people to find ways that work well and document them and share that with others. And I could be a part of that as well, but I'm also mm-hmm. just not confident enough in my own solution to confidently say that, hey, this is a, a feasible way of retrieving data from a network and updating your UI with Swift UI. I have no clue. So I've but done this is something also something I- you definitely want from Apple because yes, if yeah. anyone in the world has experience building stuff with Swift UI for more than, I don't know what it is, a couple of months, then it's mm-hmm. Apple, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, me saying that it works. That's the authority that you want to have as like, this is a more complex example yeah, yeah. of something you can build with it. And yeah. If, so if of, you don't have a good reason to divert from that, go with this first, yeah. you know, and then naturally yeah. people yeah. will have uh, their own ideas or want to divert from, from kind of the norm because they want to do something uh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's it's always good to have like a baseline. And I think Apple Apple should set that idea. Yeah. And I feel like that's something Apple has for other things like UIKit as well at the moment. And I think you can... S- this like MVC, like how, like how much you want, but I think Apple is still sort of giving a foundation in their in their like examples on how you can structure your code, so people who are new to it would at least have an idea for it to start, um, and then you can divert from that once you sort of feel comfortable with the basis. Do you mm-hmm. feel like Apple has? I haven't looked that much at the like at the. Um, at the material that Apple is providing, do they have anything that sort of shows, like, demonstrates a bit of how you how you should structure this? No, not not really. So you're exactly no? right that for for UIKit and and for apps up until now, Apple have provided a pretty good general framework. Um, and and then you know if you want something more complex, there are solutions. That also took time, I guess, with Swift. It took a few years really before mm-hmm. a lot of the say patterns and architectures that are in use now really sort of came into their own and it'll probably be the same with swift ui but yeah i don't feel like there's that baseline from apple about the best way to do things and it could just also be that i am uh not the best at reading the documentation and comprehending wwdc talks like that's also perfectly valid because i know there's people doing really cool stuff with Mm -hmm. swift ui um and they seem to be fairly confident with it but those people also seem to be few and far between so i don't know i just i feel like 
I, I don't have a good enough understanding of SwiftUI to confidently say that what I've done is is good or bad or correct or whatever. And I don't feel like there's enough enough resources out there, both from Apple or from other people that sort of say the same thing, um, which is why mm-hmm. I'm not very confident in in having my use of SwiftUI. And fortunately, I mean, the Petty Watch app is, it's very small. There's, you know, because SwiftUI, SwiftUI everything's a view. I've probably got like seven views in there and- you know, most mm-hmm. of them fit onto one screen. Like it's it's not it's not a lot. If I ended up scrapping it all and rewriting it in three months or a year or two years, wouldn't be a big deal. I've got literally one network manager in there, which calls an API mm-hmm. from a framework. Like I've built a, a framework for the data requests that happen in Petty, but it's just integrating with that framework. So again, wouldn't be a whole lot of effort to rewrite once I knew more about SwiftUI. So I'm perfectly happy to use it in Petty at the moment, but I don't feel confident enough sharing my experiences with other people. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but, but yeah. So now, I sort but it's of- also different, right? It's very different to me. It's very different from the Objective C to Swift my, a transition, just because a lot of the structural things were the same. Like you could mm-hmm. often, even if you get stuck somewhere, you go to Stack Overflow, you find an Objective C solution, and you just translate it, and mm-hmm. that would, in ninety nine percent of cases, would just work. Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't that that you would look at an example, and there's nothing you can do with no, it. And no, with SwiftUI, yeah. I think that's that's the problem, right? If you find a Swift solution or an Objective C solution to something you're trying to do in SwiftUI, it has almost no value. You yeah, have to find point. if you're stuck with SwiftUI, you have mm-hmm. to find a SwiftUI solution to your problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree. and that makes first of all, I mean, there are obviously snippets within your SwiftUI mm-hmm. uh, things that you can use if you find them from Objective C or Swift uh, answers. But everything, anything that's structural to a large extent, did translate from Objective C to Swift, but doesn't do doesn't translate from Swift to SwiftUI. Yeah, no, great point. Um, so yeah, it's mm. enti- it's entirely mm. new. It's something that's going to take time. Um, yeah. And, so we're yeah. waiting for CS uh, Stanford's CS 193P <laughs> course to update to SwiftUI. That's the day to to start writing SwiftUI. Yeah. That's, that's how we'll know we're ready to use it. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think this year I will actually also just um, try to stay away from it because for my own projects I feel like I'm usually in in certain time constraint and not mm-hmm. as. Uh, I don't have as much time this year to to spend on trying to figure things out as I would otherwise. And for client work, I just feel like I don't want to charge a client to to pay me to to go through that. Also, I feel like less confident to actually being able to to ship the same quality outcome. Yeah, yeah, and it's also nice to sort of wait till it's a bit more settled if it's something that should be maintained over a longer time. Mm-hmm. It's Definitely. nice to know that it, it is sort of future-proof, I guess. I I hope it's going to be. I think everyone seemed very excited at WWDC, but I think it's still growing quite a lot. So um, it's nice to wait. <laughs> when the App Store is rewritten in SwiftUI, that's also a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a pretty yeah. safe yeah. bet that I you don't feel like will like have depre- deprecated code everywhere this time next year if you wrote stuff in SwiftUI yeah. now. Yeah, and I so if you general, if you like dealing with deprecation warnings, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> if that what's yeah. if that's so what think, uh, about, yeah. Mm. yeah. I think for for watch, I would still probably stick with what I said earlier when like after that dub, that I would write a watch watch app in Swift UI, but I don't think I would do it for iOS or macOS or iPadOS apps. Yeah, that's fair. No, that yeah. makes sense. Hmm. Mm. But I also forget uh, when we talked about favorite iOS 13 features. My favorite iOS 13 feature. You don't in, even own iOS. I know, but I I just remembered that I forgot to mention it All earlier. Right. So now I have to quick, at least briefly go back to that topic. Uh, inset groups are back for yeah. table views. It's nice, and that is that is my favorite iOS 13 feature. Yeah, I okay. really really like that style in in. I think it was between iOS or was iPhone OS before? and iOS 6. Really? And yeah, it was gone in iOS 7. Mm, so this is basically a way to... Back to the roots. Insert. This is very hard to describe. Yeah, basically great, if you have a, 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 a table view with a group, those groups kind of are basically Gr- in one grouped. rounded rack type yeah, yeah. grouping. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, it's I just, just a nice, always yeah, like a nice visual style. thing. Yeah. Yeah, it looks nice. Mm. Mm. To because it it gives you so much more information to show you what is part of one group mm-hmm. rather than just having a title. Like a title mm-hmm. if you're in the middle of it, you kind of lose 
what what might be a group and what isn't and i just like insect groups as a mm. really nice clean way of kind of showing the separate uh where where groups separate and it's it's a lot easier to parse mm. so i'm i'm doing that for the being there uh, uh pre-order menu and it just looks really nice and it's very parsable yeah, it to, to to have insect groups again mm. i have another mm. uh i guess personal favorite feature wouldn't say it's right at the top okay. of the favorites, but it's it's up there. Okay. Uh, the photos in iMessage or being able to set your own photo. I think it's awesome. So oh, yeah. slowly as more and more people mm. that I use iMessage with are updating their photos, it's quite nice to open the, <laughs> the messages app and see images instead of contact mm. bubbles that are mm. empty. So it's yeah, small, I mean, but it's, it's a nice it quality of life. It has worked for... It's mm. been a thing in mail for a really long time too, right? What? Aren't they... No, they're just um well it depends on the mail app you use, right? Like mm. Outlook has had it as a Is feature. Something... No, I was thinking if I have it set as my um iCloud and um, if I have an image for my iCloud account, isn't that mm. being displayed in I mail? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I, I think okay. that happens it depends on like if you're using Outlook, I know a lot of corporate networks do that thing yeah. where um they'll populate that image across places, but I don't know if yeah, it's iCloud yeah. related. And there are a lot of other third-party apps or third-party mail apps that use something like Gravatar to yeah. check. No, no, so yeah, I, no. I just thought that I seen it. Maybe I only seen my own, and I just assumed people could see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> fair enough. Um, no, that is that is that is a nice feature. I, I mean, hopefully you remember what your friends look like. But yeah, no, but it's, it's, still, just, it's just a nice visual. It's still nicer thing. than letters. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Mm. And when and when yeah, more and more people it's have a lot of photos set, for you to add them. Yeah, yeah. What is what is the um the kind of trigger? So if you send someone you like someone that you don't have in your contacts, if you send them a message, you don't see it. But if they reply, then you see their their face. Or it's, a good question, it's interesting because you don't because want to reveal your face. There's different rules, so you can have you can set it to either contacts only or. To, to always be asked. And if it's if you have it set to always ask, uh, I'm reading here from the settings app, you'll be prompted before updated name and photo are shared. So I think that what that means is, I think I've seen this, if you go into a chat with someone, it'll say, hey, do you want to share your name and photo mm, okay. with contact XYZ? But if it's okay. contacts only, um, if you have somebody in your contact, so um, let's say I update my, let's say we're both on iOS 13 and I update my, photo and whatever and sent the next time i send you a message and you open the message at the top of the screen it'll say hey zach has updated his photo would you like to update your contact for zach um, and that also works okay. for names mm-hmm. as well um in an early beta in an early beta and this worried me for a while um it was if you set your name and your photo or if you sent your name to something different than your own contact card so in my case set my messages name to zach but my contacts card to zachary because that's my actual name and that's how i want my name in my contacts but not how i want it shared with people uh it would create mm-hmm. a second contact zach simone attach my phone number to it and attach my photo and it wouldn't update my real contact that has since mm. been fixed in a later beta and i am very very grateful for that change because okay. now i can have a separate name um, yeah, which is yeah. awesome hmm. because I didn't want to be in the position of I either have to have a contact card for myself, which is wrong, or the name, which I don't want for mm-hmm. everyone else in messages. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. All right. It's interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. So, every time every time you um, a person you communicate with changes their yeah, the image, you have to too. accept it. Is that That's updating correct, yeah. automatically? I don't know if you there's an to. automatic update option. I haven't seen it. I just I've had a few people who've changed it every now and then, and it prompts me each time. Okay. Um, okay. It'd be and nice to sort of just say update it automatically. But. And is that prompt only coming up once you are opening a message conversation with them? Is That's that right. You so you're never interrupted. Okay. It's more just the case okay. of nice. it's like a subtle banner that you get at the top of the messages app. Um, and you can ignore okay. it. You can safely respond to messages and do everything you need to do and just ignore it. Um, but if you happen mm. to want to hit, like update it, it's just like a one-click update. So it's it's really out of the way. It's not intrusive or anything like that. It's pretty good. Um, and yeah, I think I have mindset to, if I've got someone in my contacts, then just automatically send them the, 
the photo and stuff because chances are mm-hmm. I know who they are and I don't mind them mm-hmm. seeing my photo. So it's cool. Um, it's it's mm. a nice yeah, it's a nice cool. feature. I you know it's one of those mm. things that you don't really think about it much until you do, and then it's like it's good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nice. Should be the like slogan. It. Yeah, no, it it is it is nice. Um, so back to your preparation. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how is the talk preparation going? Ah. Uh, it feels like you you've been doing a lot of, I guess, work for it, which which is really good because you're sort of teaching yourself as you go mm-hmm. for the talk. Is that the approach you're taking, or? Yeah, that's sort of the. I, I like to have that more complete understanding of what needs to be spoken about or and what doesn't need mm-hmm. to be spoken about by doing the dev work first. So even though I say that the weekend I spent implementing Swift UI was useless and wasteful, it really wasn't because it might have worked out that, oh, I have a whole bunch of interesting stuff to talk about from this weekend and that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. then bring into the talk. But now yep. this way I know that it doesn't and I've had experience with that. So really it wasn't wasted, but <laughs> I just think of it as being wasted. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've been doing a lot of the dev work. A lot of, I think a lot of the talk is going to revolve around Catalyst and bringing the app to the Mac because there's a mm-hmm. lot of new stuff there. A lot of the a lot of the changes in iOS 13 are small enough that they don't sort of warrant a whole long segment of the talk, but they're more a few slides. So something like SF Symbols. It's really interesting and it's good to know mm-hmm. how to use them both in a visual like interface builder way and in a code way. But also there's probably not more than two minutes worth of stuff to say about SF symbols. I'm not a designer who's analyzing the the quality of them, for example. I'm just more from a dev perspective. How do you go about uh, replacing existing glyphs in your apps with SF symbols? So I've got stuff to say about little things like that. Um, other things like the new system colors, again, really cool. But again, do I really have more than two minutes worth of stuff to say about new system colors? Probably not. So there's a bunch of small things. Sorry, what are the new system colors? So Apple have provided a bunch of what they call dynamic colors where okay. you sort of, instead of specifying like, oh, this background is going to be blue, you can say this background should be table view background, for example, or secondary table view background or tertiary back tertiary table view background or whatever it might be. And then that color, it's it's not a color in the sense that it has an RGB value, it's a color in this dynamic. So between light and dark Mm -hmm. mode it switches and you can sort of specify what something is. So you can say label to label text color and it will dynamically adjust to light or dark mode. It won't have a an inherent color. So it's kind of cool. But isn't it doing that if you use things like the system white color, for example, for a table view? Yes Um, and no. Something no, like white si- will stay white. Yeah, white will stay white. If you do think about something like blue, it will subtly mm-hmm. change the shade of blue. Like if you set a color, okay. and again, the, the, the concept of a system blue color is new this year. But if you set something to system blue, that shade of blue differs between light and dark mode, but it's still blue. The advantage of these, okay. like, I mean, they're still semantic colors, but the advantage of these generic colors in the, like text color for, or label, li- I think it's like mm-hmm. light label color and dark label color, for example, um, is that they will, de- Apple will decide what the color is and i guess that could change going forward mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. in that if you used entirely yeah, yeah, this apple's color set that say ios 14 could come along and things could change subtly uh to match yeah. new newer design trends yeah yeah um, so yeah, we'll talk a little okay. bit about that, no, that kind of thing sense. um but mm-hmm. i think the, the but bulk i mean that's something interest- you should do anyways right with your if you have your colors and color assets yeah, color asset dialog- yes. uh, catalogs. You yeah. should move towards not just calling it what it is, yeah. as right. in the, right. the name of the color, but yeah. rather, rather say this is like my ba- my primary tint color or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's yeah. a few changes. So there. Um, are you talking about yeah. dark mode as well then? Uh, and how to not adapt? really. No, because Petty okay. is already a dark mode app, yeah, and that's I think true. I'm going to keep yeah. it dark mode at least in the builds at the moment i've actually locked it to dark mode so it is possible to set okay. an interface style uh via a key in your info p list and at the moment i've said petty is a dark mode app because i'm using a lot of the system mm-hmm. backgrounds and i want them to obviously show the dark background not the yeah. Uh, yeah. light background and that was one of the reasons i've also dropped ios 12 support i didn't intend on doing that but if you use the system colors and then build and run for iOS 12, mm-hmm. it defaults to light mm-hmm. mode regardless of what you set the yep. key as. So I didn't want 
that coming across. So, I was just like, yeah. well, I'll yeah. drop my ALS uh, 12 and, yeah, yeah, that'll be that. Uh, again, side project can do it. So, can you, <laughs> can, can you um, force it to be a light mode app then in the list as yeah. well? Yeah, you can. Okay. So, you can just specify. Okay. Or, but then or you, you can do it on a view controller basis. Um, okay. Or you can do it on an app basis. And for Petty, it makes sense to do it across the whole app. Um, other apps, it might depend yeah. on a view controller basis. Um, so, yeah, depends. But then you, you would have it. to, you would have to drop support for iOS, for pre-iOS 13 then. Or you would handle it differently. So you could have a different yeah, set of so you colors. Yeah, you manually have to do it. Yeah, it's not yeah. super convenient. Uh, or you just get stuck with light mode. That is also a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, it is It is interesting. Um, learned a bit, okay. but yeah, the, the Mac app and bringing, bringing the app. So it's interesting because Petty's never had an iPad app and you need an iPad app in order to create a Catalyst Mac mm-hmm. app. So that's sort of mm-hmm. where the interesting stuff starts for the talk, I think. Well, not to say that other stuff isn't interesting, but like that's sort of what the bulk of the talk is going to be about, like probably more mm-hmm. than 50%, um, is talking about... I don't want to talk too much about, uh, you know, split view controllers and bringing the app to the iPad only because I'm sure most people in the room would have done an iPad app. If you haven't, then hopefully I'll touch, enough, like, touch on it enough that people sort of understand where it's going, but I don't want to bore everyone by sort of talking about iOS dev 101. This um, is what an iPad is. <laughs> it is so bigger then, than the iPhone. But then some Sorry. of the unique Go. things about a Mac app, such as permission requests, they're a little bit different. Um, you have the concept of entitlements. Well, they're not entitlements on a Mac app, but it's like the sandbox. So in order to send and receive network requests, you have to... Um, ask for an entitlement, basically an entitlement. It's not called an entitlement on Mac OS, but it's sort of the equivalent. So at first it's like, hey, why is no data getting mm-hmm. through on my Mac app? That was an interesting one. Uh, there was something different about mm-hmm. core location. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I do have a slide about handling one of the difference. Oh, no, that that might have been the thing too. It might have been that you need, um, you also need to request the entitlement, not entitlement, you need to request the sandbox uh, permission or whatever it is. Um, the so, and there are some interesting ones like handling the navigation, uh, sorry, the menu bar shortcuts or whatever they're called, like keyboard shortcuts and just in general integrating with the, the navigation bar at the top of the Mac. That was an interesting one that I spent a little bit of time on last weekend. Um, so I think there's some unique things that I can talk about that will hopefully, and hopefully, you know, there'll be something for everyone in the talk. And even if someone has done a little bit with Catalyst, they won't have done say everything exactly the same as i've done it so there's ways that i can keep the talk interesting for everyone regardless of whether mm-hmm. you have heaps of experience or no experience with yeah. catalyst in terms of in terms of catalyst maturity do you feel like that is easier to deal with than um swift ui yes yeah the tooling like, is it yeah. reminds me very much of like normal beta cycle uh tools like you know obviously Things mm-hmm. aren't perfect, but it's not a matter of it's impossible to build a Catalyst app well. Like it kind of feels like with SwiftUI. Okay. Um, but I've definitely I had enjoyed a working Catalyst, Catalyst app by Beta 2. Th- there you go. I had so, some issues in Beta 1 that didn't work yeah. right and Beta 2 fixed it. And since then, I've I've used a Catalyst app that okay. I built with Beta 2 without any issues. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty solid, actually. So I've been impressed. The app works quite well. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to it'll be interesting to talk about all these things. Um, Do you think you will release your Catalyst app in the App Store? Yeah, that's the hope. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit so unsure. So it's not just uh, like something you're playing around with. You're actually gonna yeah, send it out. Like, I'll absolutely release it. It's I don't know if it's useful, but again, that's the that's the beauty of Petty. I can work on things that <laughs> people might not find useful, but I kind of want to work on because they're cool. So yeah, I'll release it. Um, it'll be you know people can play around with it it's cool um hopefully mm. hopefully mm. people mm. like it um or it could just be a good example of of what how you can bring an app across and you know that might be all that it's ever good for sitting in yeah. the mac app store people yeah. just use it as an example but that's i'm also okay with that so yeah there's a little thing and i mean there's there's definitely also the expectation that for it to be less useful than the ios one yes yeah i mean the whole an app what that relies on location services kind of is meant for a mobile <laughs> device. Even the iPad app, I mean, it doesn't yeah. make sense for me to build an iPad version, really. It's just more now, well, now I have experience building an iPad app, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just more to get to that Mac app 
so that it's demoable and something people can see and maybe think is cool. So, hmm. yeah. Hmm. Um, the other thing about yeah, cool. going back to SF symbols quickly, uh, I replaced all <laughs> of the third-party um, PNG assets that I had in the app with SF symbols oh, this week. That's nice. The binary size hmm. is so small. It's amazing. <laughs> the app is down to three megabytes if you run the iOS 13 build. It's so hmm. nice. Um, and on certain devices, it's even and Mark smaller. And Edwards would tell you all your, all your icons are blurry now. I don't care. The app is small. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Mark Edwards wouldn't be very happy with the SF I symbol think usage, I'm I, sure. I, I th- I think I prefer the non-blurry icons over uh, yeah. over binary size, but but it is are they really that blurry? The- I don't notice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I think they're they're. I mean, from a normal distance, you can see that they're blurry. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Is I mean, that I if can, you? But if I'm super you, picky. Would you say that you can only see that if you have a one-to-one comparison, or would you pick up on that? No, it's definitely. I I don't know. I haven't seen any of the newer betas. I think there were some improvements since. Mm, mm-hmm. But when I looked at it uh, during the dub dub week, which would have been beta one, I definitely saw. I think some of the mail icons. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, 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 that is yeah. blurrier than before. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm definitely not fussy enough to notice or really care, to be honest. Um, mm. But hey, maybe I'll have people You're complain. You're less and then fussy I'll have, than that. I mean, <laughs> realistically, most people won't, right? But, I mean, that's also... <sighs> go, optimizing for what most people do usually doesn't lead into the nicest apps. It's usually that everyone picks the things that they care particularly much about, and that's what they focus on, and that's why apps become good. If your okay. focus isn't that... Okay, I'm looking Mark's at some is, of these icons you know? in the menu bar. Wait, sorry, sorry. Can I just get you to clarify your argument, okay? Yeah. What do you mean? In general, <laughs> most of nice apps come from people caring about a lot of things right you yeah. you don't re- usually see a lot of amazing apps made by people who d- couldn't care less you yeah. usually have people that care about things but everyone has a different array of things they care about right some people care about beautiful beautiful visual uh apps with a lot of nice animations and and very crisp ui and that can be a very nice app to use if that's mm-hmm. someone's focus but you can still have a really nice really useful arguably beautiful app even if you use sf symbols if if you spend that effort that some people would spend on like the super crisp ui on on other aspects and everyone kind of has to find their balance because if you don't if you don't inherently care about that and you don't work it's something you work on by yourself so Mm -hmm. you don't have anyone else who cares about that you can either try to force yourself but you might still not get it right because you don't care but also, you spend way more time on it because you don't care. So you're not not as good at it, and you take time away from the things you actually care about. So I think in general, it's okay that different people care about different things, um, as long as you have something you care about to make something a nice app. And ideally, if you have a team, you have a wide array of that, right? That's why diversity is good in in teams because you have a wide array of of um, things that people care about in your team and you end up with something where both the icons are crisp hmm. and the user experience is, is amazing and, and technically you also have, it's good. Hopefully and hopefully have more time to do those sure. things. Unless yeah. we can we don't have to yeah, do it. But if if whenever people work by themselves on stuff, then it's always a trade off. And it's it makes sense to to pick a trade off based on focusing more on the things you care about mm-hmm. and less about the things you care less about. Yeah. That said, uh, Zach just sent us a screenshot um, where he where you're using some of the icons, and I do feel like I mean I'm looking at it big on my Mac, but the map icon here looks a bit blurry to me. Um, but it doesn't. I feel like it wouldn't be as noticeable on a smaller screen. But it like so I put it up on my Mac too, and it looks blurry just because the screenshot's larger than it was taken on the phone. phone. Uh, I think on the actual device, I can't. It doesn't look blurry. Okay. I'm definitely not a designer enough to notice or care about. And like I think this this is probably where SF symbols are perfect as well. Is I wouldn't I wouldn't know a good icon from a bad icon if I was picking one from yeah. a third party service. So hey, might as sure. well just use the Apple yeah, one. That's the thing. But that's that's exactly yeah. the argument. If right? you are not Pick able to like if you if you're not having the resources to make the icons yourself or don't don't aren't willing to like can't find the good ones either. 
um, then I think it's great that they are there. And it's also nice to get some consistency, I think, across different apps um, because everyone can use them now. So I don't think it's bad to use. Uh, like I say, I think it's just about trade-offs. Yeah, whenever you make things by yourself, focus on the things you're good at. Yeah. And try to make the things you're not good at the least bad. And SF Symbols by far passes that, that check. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Yeah, mm, cool. cool. Um, but that's, I think it's it's cool that you're learning so much about those things. I am a little bit concerned of you getting all this into 25 minutes. How, how are you feeling about the time? Uh, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have no... So, so I started doing slides this week because I felt like earlier this week, I finally got the Mac app to a point where... If I shipped without making any more dramatic changes, and there's still things I want to do, but if I shipped in the state that it was in, I would be content with that for a 1.0 Mac up. So then I thought I can go into writing the conference talk. I am a little bit worried because I haven't really started writing the catalyst parts yet that the sort of preamble, the iOS stuff is going to take a while because I know that the way that the way that I always find when I write talks is that what I think is only a few slides and will only take a few minutes to cover always sort of stretches out. So I'm a little bit concerned. I think this week it would be really good. So I've got three weeks to go and I've sort of got to split, like think about my week strategically. I think the last week needs to be mostly just rehearsal. Like I don't want to still be adding to the talk. I can be cutting from the talk, mm-hmm. that's fine, but I don't want to be yeah. I don't want to be writing talks or adding features in that last week if it can be avoided. So it sort of leaves me two weeks to write. I think this week I really need to just establish the scope. So basically have the beginning and the end of the talk done and have, even if it's empty slides in between and know what's going to go on each slide. I think it would be really good to have that. Spend the middle week finishing up the talk, making any last minute code changes I need, updates for new betas, things like that. Uh, and then sort of ha- try to have the slides done in this time in two weeks. Um. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm probably the first draft, I'm sure, will probably be like 35 minutes. And then it's going to be the fun part of cutting back. Um, but, yeah, it's been a really... Like, it, and I did this last year with the Siri shortcuts. It's just a really good way to learn. And there's yeah, something yeah. about it, like something about learning something to teach others that mm-hmm. I find... I, I feel more responsibility to properly understand it. Um, sometimes, you know, when I'm writing code yeah. or whatever, it's like... Well, if something works and I don't understand it 100%, it's probably okay because I know the gist of what's going on. But when I am writing a conference talk where I I firstly have to explain it, but then also there's a very real possibility of being asked questions on the thing, I feel the pressure to, and not in a bad way, just I feel the pressure to understand what it is I'm talking about a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And if I don't properly understand something like SwiftUI, I'd rather not talk about it um, just because I don't think that's very <laughs> Despite beneficial. Despite on this podcast all the time. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. Um, I am I definitely have left this talk a little bit later than last year. It's just hmm. been the way that this year goes. But hey, um, I am a uni student, so I can neglect <laughs> my uni duties for a while and write conference well, talks. Apple has the same has to say is in the same situation this year. <laughs> yeah, it's the place to be. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like the fact yeah. that Apple is still changing things in iOS 13 makes it harder for you to do this? <laughs> do you feel like this is a valid excuse you could have? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no. Not a lot has changed specific to no. um, specific to the stuff I'm talking about in the conference talk. A lot of the main okay. bugs around. UIKit things were fixed early on, at least in the case of Petty. Um, things like mm. the search controller are working as expected now. Um, system colors, system background colors are all changing as expected in and out of dark mode. So there's no real problems anymore. Um, as I said, there's still like the Swift UI things are changing, and I, I definitely have deprecated Swift UI code uh, in the the test flight build of of petty at the moment Mm -hmm. that i'll deal with later but it's not relevant to the talk so it's okay the catalyst stuff not a lot changed either um which is pretty good so no complaints really in that uh in that regard things are things are okay um the the Mm. pace of the betas isn't isn't proving problematic uh hopefully i'm not proven wrong when we probably get beta six of xcode this week and you know see that everything's changed no i'm not expecting major changes things are working well so i don't think there's a reason for it you mean next week right 
Yes, next week. It's it right. is Saturday. Wow. Well, I'm used to recording on Sunday, which is technically this week, but it's Saturday. So next oh, week. You're I one mean of those? Week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, week starts on Sunday. We, no, we, why? Why? I don't know. Why it just does. Does. It's just the start of the week. Just why? Because that's what I was told in school. Yeah, that makes no sense. Why is it called a weekend? I don't know. <laughs> See? Defeat it. Yeah. This is, this is Australia, win. though. My we, job here we, is like, done. we use names for things that don't mean anything. It's great. Anyway. Mm. <sighs> That's not an excuse. <sighs> okay. If you say so. I need you to explain why it makes sense for people to have I mean, don't we have, have a, a really easy argument. Reason. Week starts on Monday, ends on a Sunday, because yeah. the weekend includes Saturday and Sunday, which is the end days of the week. It's not, it's Logically, not just a, that this makes is not sense. an attack on you, Zach. I understand I'm just wondering what you're because saying. people in general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, and the thing is, I, I don't even that, disagree. That concludes that debate. I, I don't even just. Oh, that's even worse. That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just I don't care enough to ever consider changing it. Like, what's it matter when the week starts? It doesn't. So doesn't it though? I don't know. Does it? Maybe not. Maybe all days should just be called Monday. Why hmm. not? While we're at it, can we abolish mm. time zones? No, I'm kidding. That's a terrible. Oh, thing. that would be amazing. Uh, just I talked to, to China about that. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, works great. So. I mean, in general. Yeah. Uh, I, I would hmm. daylight saving. That could go away. Yeah, I'd be okay. Time zones kind of make sense. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would be up with that. We mm. should do that first. Then, mm. then we tackle the time zone. Solve the small mm. problems. Mm. 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 <laughs> All right, cool. I think we should call it a day. Yeah, I no, but I'm, too. I am really like. It, I think it's just really interesting to hear your approach to sort of preparing for dev world, but also it's nice to hear from that, like from someone who has directly worked with the new shiny things. I glad think it's great. Glad you found it interesting. See, I'm the guinea pig yeah. and I, I think I'm very justified in having updated all of my software to the beta stuff because I couldn't have done this without it. It wouldn't have been possible to build the Catalyst app yeah. or the Swift UI watch app. It literally would not have been possible for either. And uh, even I couldn't have done the Swift UI app in the simulator because actually this is a fun fact on, uh, <laughs> on the betas, like beta five or whatever, where I was building out the Swift UI watch app with all my network requests were failing in the simulator. Actually, it might've been beta four. That was the problem. Then beta five fixed it, but I'd built the app by then. So it didn't matter. But yeah, all of my network requests <laughs> on watch OS were failing in the simulator and it didn't make any sense. And I was getting timeout errors and I couldn't work it out. And there were a few other people online who had the issue, but I really don't think enough people do watch OS development for it to have mattered and gotten oh, no. traction. Yeah. Um, I spoke to a few other people who build watchOS apps and they weren't having the problem. So it just seemed like I was pretty unlucky. So anyway, like I think that was, that was a good chunk of the development time over that weekend. It's probably spending two hours working out why it isn't working and then having the, the idea to install it on a physical device and uh, that all worked. Mm. So yeah, um, those kind of, those kind of things during the beta cycle are a little bit annoying, but also sort of understandable. I don't know. It'd be nicer if it, they communicated it better. Why don't I get any guinea pig points, Marlon? What? I had everything ready for? by beta too. Well, y- yeah, yeah. But that was like three years ago. We've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I guess, I don't know. Okay, you get some bonus points. You happy? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it was really interesting to see yours too, but we didn't really talk about it on the podcast. So. Um, just thought it was nice to get that recap. And since we are not going to be at DevWorld, this is basically our chance to get to hear Zach's talk. True. <laughs> that's how it goes. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's how it goes. <laughs> Maybe I can call you again exactly and, and do the goes. talk like a day or two before, like I did last year. Sure. If that's you have true. 20 mm. minutes to spare did one, one weekend. Year? Yeah. Remember. What the, did you. We like. We did, had some weird setup where I think I was screen sharing and you put it up on your TV or something like that. Yeah. And so you saw my slides and heard my voice. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I remember that. I, fe- I felt like I was there last year. <laughs> it was, that's uh. how good our setup was. <laughs> Canadian internet, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, right. no, that's good. Um, but yeah, uh, good good luck with preparing the rest of the talk and Thanks. cutting those ten minutes down. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think that's always 
hard to mm, decide what yeah, to cut out. Definitely. I don't, it's like the saying, I would have written you a short letter if I had longer time. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, basically. It's always hard to hard to polish things, but mm. I think that also makes for like the best talk, taking All certain right, things yeah. out, makes you really sort of evaluate everything that you put in and also cut things to the point. So I think yeah. that's that's actually great. I definitely agree. The more you go over it, the more you realize... Like It's funny because when you first go to cut, you're like, oh, everything is so important or I wouldn't have written it. And then yeah, you know, a week yeah. later, you're down <laughs> 10 minutes and you're like, yeah, I really didn't need that stuff. It's funny how we work like that, but... Yeah, it's, uh, it is good. About he sort of helps getting a talk to to the point. Um, yeah. All right, picks will return next week. Yeah. Cool. Tune in for that. Mm. Very. Exciting. I mean, not, not to mean to sound negative. You guys should tune in for that. Um, cool. Cool. Right. Is your phone back? Yeah. I lost my Sukiya card. No, I lost my Sukiya card in Apple Wallet in the recording. Sorry, no, in the recording in the restore. Aww. Despite so this, doing my best to avoid that. So, your this restore cost you $1. Oh, no. It's not even the dollar. I would pay more than that to you put just, the card back in the wallet. But I wouldn't pay the, like, you just wanted $13. The memory from- that's a minimum top up. Mm. So, I'm like, it's okay. so my value mm. is somewhere between $1 and $13 to have this card back in the wallet. <laughs> It's definitely not 13, <laughs> but it's more than one. But it does, why, why do you want this card back in your wallet? It's a memory. it's cool. Yeah. I don't have so any Express Transit cards now, on my phone. That's the problem, though. That wouldn't be a memory from... That wouldn't be your actual memory. <laughs> it's just a... That's like a me and Stone. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a Yeah. It's like a backed up memory. It's uh, so hmm. like a deep discussion about uh, c- continuous consciousness of digital cards. <laughs> it is now. 